Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1989's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, directed by Stephen Herrick and starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago, I was, I, was, uh, I was just bitching and pissing and moaning about how awful Prom Night was. Uh-huh. Um, I watched the sequel... What? Yes. And uh, it, it, it seemed like something I would regret, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Really? Because Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 is an excellent movie. Really? It's totally unrelated to the original story. It happens like seven years later. Um, like, I, I don't know if they just like like put Prom Night in the title just to like get more, yeah. you know, right. yeah. uh, just to attract people. But yeah, this movie kicks ass. Really? Yeah, this I'm is an so excellent surprised. movie. Yeah. Oh, man, the it was so good. The sequel is better than the original. Yes. I, I, I just can't believe... That uh, I have never seen a sequel that was this much better than the original, actually. I'm surprised you actually watched it. Yeah. uh, Because I've done that before where I'm like, all right, maybe the sequel's better or whatever. And I get three in and I'm like, no, Hellraiser 3 is pretty terrible. Uh, Yes. Uh, I'm Uh I'm done with this. Of course. That always (laughs) happens. But but in this one, you just like, you're watching it, you're like 10 minutes and you're like, this is really good. This is really, (laughs) this is an awesome movie. It's one of those surprises. Yes. The surprise good movie. Uh What the hell? It was. It was. This it was movie awesome. has no right being good. No, exactly. It has no business being as good as it is, but it is. <laughs> okay, prom night two. Yeah. How long was it? Like seven years later, ten years later, yeah, two so years like, later. It was uh, like prom night came out in eighty. This one came out in eighty seven. Okay, yeah. cool. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I watched The Queen from two thousand six. Okay. Um, this movie's okay. Yeah. Um, it's meh. Okay. That, that's my main note. Meh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, Helen Mirren won the Oscar for it, yeah, didn't she? And she did. She's good as the queen, you know. Uh, she's always good. The movie was just kind of, okay, whatever. It's about the royal family dealing with Princess Diana's death after the accident happened. Right. And she's already been ostracized from the family, and, like, the public wants them to, you know, show their respect for Diana, even though they don't respect her. Yes. Uh, it's just about the royal family dealing with that. Michael Sheen was good mm-hmm. as Tony Blair. I like seeing him do anything. Of course. Uh, my favorite part of the movie. But yeah, that, it's an okay movie if you want something that's okay. You know, and yeah. standard and... Meh. I think early Stephen Frears is the best Stephen Frears. Yeah, yeah, I you agree. Know, Prick Up Your Ears and the Beautiful Laundrette. Like, the, the, those are excellent movies. Yes. Stuff from the 80s. I'm so glad I bought Prick Up Your Ears yes. for our episode. Right. I'm, it's one of my prized possessions now. Good, good, yes. Uh, but yeah, the queen, everybody. Uh, <laughs> meh. Right. <laughs> so now let's talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay, so uh, the synopsis of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is, uh, as we've joked about before, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this movie, but uh, just in case you don't, uh, there are two guys who are tasked with um, coming up with a history report, mm-hmm. and um, it has to encompass uh, the whole course that they've taken, and they get hold of a time machine, yeah. and it helps them with their report, mm-hmm. and they bring back historical figures to um, entertain everyone in an assembly. And this is a movie we've both seen an embarrassingly no, you know, <laughs> I've seen it at least 50 times. Yes. At least probably a hundred times. I grew up watching this movie every day, basically. Oh yeah. That's what it, that's what it feels like. It's, it's possible. It might be triple digits. Yeah. 
I've never seen another movie in the theater as often as I saw this one. Really? Yeah. I've never seen them in the theater. Oh, so. okay. Wow. Yeah. This was always like a, a rental from the grocery store video section. See, and, the, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> which it that that followed my theater run. Uh huh. Like the yep. grocery store, we got it at Fry's every day. Yeah, you dude. know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, we. This might be a lot of gushing on this episode. Yeah. And by the way, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we hinted at next week, which is going to be Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the sequel to this movie. So mm-hmm. we're doing both back to back. That's right. So this will be interesting. And <laughs> behind the scenes, we're recording them on the same day. So you might, it might uh, sound like we're doing it on the same day. Exactly. So it's fun, man. This is going to be a fun day. So Bill and Ted are a couple like, you know, dude slacker types. You yeah. Know, Spicoli's without the mega, you know, terrible stuff. Yes. But uh, <laughs> they're kind of like innocent and wholesome kind of people. They're childlike. They're, they're childish. Like yeah. they're kind of like 10 year olds. Yeah. Except they're 18. Yep. Um, they don't really drink or do drugs. They Even though they order a beer later. Right. But like, I think that's what makes them so likable is kind of they're just innocent. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, I, I think it's kind of. I guess when you look back, maybe it's implied that that they that they like to party. Yeah. I mean, like like they just we just don't see them doing it on screen. Right. We're just uh, I guess have to kind of take for granted that that does happen sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But because uh, they they do order a beer in one scene. They do. It's hilarious. And then they go. They didn't even card us. They didn't even card us. <laughs> uh, we got to remember this place exactly, <laughs> which tells us that that they have tried to get beer at some point. Yes. You know. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but like it just shows them drinking Pepsi's and stuff throughout the and like. <laughs> That's it. I know. There's no ashtrays or no. beer cans laying anywhere. No, I mean, they, they, they're they're kind of straight edge for, for <laughs> yeah, on the dude. visible evidence. Yep, yeah, they're straight edge. <laughs> so the movie opens up with uh, George Carlin telling us he plays Rufus uh, that the world is amazing and excellent, and it's because of Bill and Ted. But now he has to go back and help them because they're going to fail their history report. And he's 700 years in the future. Yes, yes. This is San Dimas, California. <laughs> <laughs> In the 17th century, <laughs> which San Dimas is a quite a strange place to pick, I guess. I mean, yes, I mean, um, it's not a strange place, but it's just you don't hear San Dimas. It's no. just like a this California county, you mm-hmm. know, which, yeah, I've never heard San Dimas mentioned in life or in movies other than Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. Yeah, me too. It's it's just or the Atari song, San Dimas High School Football Rules. Oh well, okay, yes, inspired by the other the but other it's source. Inspired yes, by this, of course, right? Uh, so yeah, then he goes in a phone booth to help them. The this giant crystal <laughs> turns into a phone booth, and it travels through time when he punches some numbers in. Yeah, the reason it's so rewatchable is because of stuff like this. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, it, you you can never be in a bad mood when you're when you're watching this movie. Um, no. It, it, no, no matter how much time passes by, it, it's just, it's always like, it, it just washes over you and, and you just right. like curl up in it like an old blanket. It, it's really kind of amazing. As, as soon as I hear Bill and Ted talking with each other yep. and rocking out and stuff, I'm just, I'm at home. I'm like with my buds, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's because of nostalgia or if it's just because these characters make you feel that way. Yeah, it's it's a combination of both certainly. Yeah. At least for us, definitely. Yes. But I mean the movie had a, it was a hit, man. Right. Like everybody loved this movie, so right. I'm sure it resonated with everyone. Yeah, definitely. And I I actually get that 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 kind of wave of of uh comfort and nostalgia when when the opening song comes in. Me too, yeah. And they're showing that that I can't uh, break away. Oh man, it's good. It's by <laughs> Big Pig is the band. 
and, <laughs> and there's this lady just like you know like she kind of sounds like pat benatar uh-huh and and she is just crushing this vocal yeah it's you know? pretty good oh, the man. music's great in this yes. movie it's yes. so good and and when they go to the future land on accident uh-huh. and that song playing there always gets me man robbie robs uh in time <laughs> yes that's my favorite song on the soundtrack it's so good yeah mm-hmm and wow. then at that point in the movie, we're jumping all over the place. We're not even yeah, going through this because thing. it's Bill and anyway, Ted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like when they go there, that song starts playing and the mood changes. The whole tone of the movie kind of shifts to like, oh, this is an excellent adventure to, <laughs> to, oh, wow, this is so more important than these little things that are happening. You yes. know, like this is the future. Everyone is this way because of us. I don't know if they realize that fully right then, but, uh, they go and they say be excellent to each other and party on dude. That's uh-huh. their like philosophy for living life. Yes. And they it's such a that's how I live my life. Of course I mean, it is. Be nice and have fun. That's that's all you gotta do. There is no more positive message you can put out into the world right. than be excellent to each other, party on dude. Right. There there, there really is it, it's it's so wise and so succinct mm-hmm. and and yes. That is what should be on our coinage, everybody. Right. We should have statues worshiping these people. Of course. Which we see in the sequel. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. Right. But yeah, I love that scene. I almost like tear up when it happens, when that the song swells up and that chorus hits. It's just so good. It just gets you right here. I know it gets you. Oh man, and and you know I I agree with you about their the the shift in tone because like when they exit the booth and they're walking through and they see Clarence Clemens up on the dais. Uh Yeah. Um, like. It's it's such a different movie than what we've just seen because they've picked everybody up at that point, and like Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are not doing what they've been doing. No. They're walking around. They're kind of looking. They're, they're not suspicious. They're but, kind but of they're, in awe. Yeah, exactly. They're they're just concentrating and and like the only like Bill and Ted esque thing they say is when Bill comments, he goes, "They sure do play excellent music." Yeah, and, and you know uh, Ted goes, "No, most outstanding." Yeah, because they're they're just like. I guess marveling at how awesome this song is, you know, like <laughs> right, we <yeah>. are, <laughs> but, uh, but they're also like, this is what the world looks like because of us, mm-hmm. man. I mean, if, if, if it was like Scott and Dave's excellent adventure, oh, that's dude. probably the same reaction yeah, we yeah, would yeah. have. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be like Martin Scorsese up there though, or something. <laughs> yes, it'd be exactly. something fucking weird. It'd be, to, yeah. It'd be, Mike, <laughs> it'd be Mike Lee and Greta Gerwig. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh dude. But yeah, I love that part. But anyway, so they have to get this history test done. Bernie Casey kind of sets the stakes for the movie. Like, you're going to flunk, you know? <laughs> it's the first set of stakes we get. Yeah. Because then, because of this stake, you know, we get the other stakes of Ted's going to be shipped off, shipped off to Alaska for military school. Right. Which we get soon after that when Ted meets his dad. Uh-huh. So right away, we know uh, they're not going to be friends anymore. They can't. They're gonna break up. The band's gonna break up. They're gonna break up Wild Stallions. They're gonna break up the the duo. Yep. And you know it's okay. It's not okay. (laughs) But but it's understandable that like like Ted's dad would would have these feelings. Yeah. But uh, but I remember being really scared of Bernie Casey when I was a kid. Really, Mr. Ryan, because he he was so he was so serious Uh and so just like like he he lays it out for them. Guys, I'm gonna flunk you. Yeah. And they they just go yes sir, and. He, I don't think Bernie, 
he doesn't smile until Missy shows up later. Like the well, whole, you know, because like everyone, in of course, because you can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's he's so serious all the time, and like uh, like I I know that like Bill and Ted don't want to let him down. But but, right. but in my in my mind when I was a kid, that that's what my motivation was for getting this history report done. Is like I can't let this guy down. Yeah. <laughs> I can't let Bernie Casey down. He's so and Bernie Casey is kind of sympathetic towards them too. He's yeah. trying to help them right. for real. He's not just like all right, you guys are idiots. Yeah. Get- Get the fuck out of here. Right. He wants them to succeed, which mm-hmm. is great. Right. And he's that scene when they're he's quizzing them like on the spot. And <laughs> yes. They're they're giving all those stupid answers. It's it's still funny. I still laugh every time uh he says, Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted goes, Noah's wife? That's <laughs> it's it's excellent. That, that, is, that is an amazing joke. I know, it really is. And, and there's so many of them. I know, because Joan of Arc, that could be Noah's. <laughs> That's a great joke. You're right. It, make, it makes no logical sense. No. But you can see how Ted Theodore Logan would come <laughs> to that conclusion. <laughs> no doubt, dude. <laughs> and the only thing you guys have learned is that Caesar is a salad dressing dude. A salad dressing dude. I, I want to go back in time and put that on an exam. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. If anyone ever asked me who Julius Caesar was, that is the response I'd give them, even now. Uh-huh. A salad dressing dude. I didn't know he was a Roman emperor until... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was in high school, so it, it I knew was, more than Bill and Ted. Of but course, right, right. I thought it was just dressing. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And and these guys are, it's already been established, they, they are sort of cartoonishly childish and stupid. Yeah. So that is what they'd put on a test. I mean, like, it, it's unthinkable now that, that you would give such an answer, but, I mean, it, we're in a cartoon world, so it fits. That's true. I mean... There's a time-traveling phone booth with George yes. Carlin in it, so yes. that's what you get. <laughs> like, do you think George Carlin wrote some of the, these jokes? I, I mean, like, like his own stuff? Like some of his own stuff, because it, it sounds like George Carlin stuff. Mm. Like he like point-of-view stuff, like mini-golf scores are way down, mm. bowling scores are way up. Like yeah, That's something yeah. he would talk about as being important to society. Okay, I, yeah. I feel like I don't know. It's it's possible that like because when you get someone like George Carlin who has such an established voice, mm-hmm. um, like it, it would be very difficult to like write George Carlin material for George Carlin. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe they just had an outline. Can you talk about this? Maybe how the world. They probably works did. And, you know, and then he just wrote his own stuff. And I think it's more so in the sequel. Mm. A lot of the stuff he says sounds more like his kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Like especially at the beginning, we'll get into that on that episode. Right. But yeah, uh, but he's excellent in this movie. Yep. Everyone is so perfectly cast. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You know, there, there's just no, there's no wrong notes. I mean, like Ted's dad and Bill's dad and mm-hmm. Missy, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're the perfect people for those roles. Yes. Uh, so they go to the Circle K to study because t- Bill's dad is going to have sex with Missy in his room. Uh, Bill's dad <laughs> has, has like divorced his m- wife, I guess, Bill's uh-huh. mom, and yeah. married a 21-year-old woman. Yeah. I love Missy. Missy's yeah. a fantastic character. Yeah. Um, everything about her is funny. It's a hilarious idea. This young girl marries this older man. Yep. Uh, which is, I mean, that's always been around, but, uh, <laughs> she went to high school with her now stepson. They were yes. in school together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is fucking crazy. I love that. Excuse I, me. I, I, I'm trying to imagine what that would be like, you know, and he has the hots for her. Of course he which does. It's hilarious. You and know? Ted keeps egging him on about it. Like Ted, <laughs> I feel like Ted is doing it on purpose. 
but not entirely on purpose. He's not doing it to irritate Bill. Yeah. He's just like saying whatever is coming to his mind. Yeah. And like when they're going down the stairs and he's just like, he's just disregarding when <laughs> Bill tells him to shut up. And he's just like, hey, remember when I asked you to the prom? Yeah. And your stepmom is cute though. And, and yeah. And then when, when Bill turns remember around and tells him to- Remember when she was a senior, we were freshmen? Yes. <laughs> shut up, Ted. Exactly. And yeah. when he finally like lets him, shut up, Ted. Like like Ted just kind of like he does that He gives him grin. this smile. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at him like, ha. Yeah, right. <laughs> like he knows, he's like, yeah, I know I'm pissing you off, but I don't care. This is hilarious. Exactly. And Missy's <laughs> totally hot, so I'm good. <laughs> and, but then Missy is just like totally in the Susie homemaker mode. Yep. Like she's bringing lemonade to the kids. Yep. She's out there gardening, like watering the plants. She's sure. like, I'm not driving you anywhere till you do your chores. Right. And she's 21. And that's like what she wants to do, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess she's in love with this it's man. It's a strange dichotomy I know. of her character, which is what makes it so funny. I know. And and the, the, I guess I guess when, <laughs> if you're a young woman like that, and there's a man showing that much devotion to you, maybe uh-huh. you'd be like, okay, well, maybe I can deal with this. Now, I think in about five years, she's going to realize that she probably made a mistake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she shouldn't be with this man because this man's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Um, but, you know, eventually that'll that'll play out. That plays out later. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Missy is an awesome character, and I think she even gets better in the sequel. Yes. Anyway, so they get the phone booth from Rufus at the Circle K. They meet themselves, which I think is a great time travel sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're there, and their future selves show up at the gas station as well, and they meet each other. Right. And that's how they decide to go on this excellent adventure. And they, I love it when they say, why would we lie to ourselves? It's so funny that that particular conversation between Bill and Ted about, you know, uh, and and when it culminates with why would we lie to ourselves? <laughs> it comes right after like Bill says that right after Ted says, look, we told ourselves to listen to this guy. And Ted says, what if we were lying? Yeah. Which is like that is exactly how Ted would assess the situation. Exactly. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't trust my own eyes, not because I'm smart, mm-hmm. but because like something like this, I, I'm probably frying right now. Yeah. And and you know, what just happened may not have actually happened. Right. Yeah. And uh, then they go up to the booth, and after they kind of accept this time travel shit's happening and they see the phone booth moving through time, mm-hmm. they go up and Alex Winter says, Uh, yeah, are you gonna call someone and get the answers? Like <laughs> He's still in this weird, like, real mindset, yeah. real life mindset. Yeah. Not like, oh, we're going to travel or something. Like, we're not going to do what that thing did. Right. We're just going to call people and get answers. I mean, yeah. For like, our like, report. I, 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 he doesn't grasp the scope of this yet. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that goes back to their, like, innocence yeah. here. He's just like, okay. Right. I just saw all this crazy shit, but I'm back here, like, kind of, like, not even realizing what's happening. Just kind of going <laughs> with it, I guess. Right. And Rufus takes them to uh, to Austria. Yeah, and then they get Napoleon. Yep. Napoleon says, blow them up. Napoleon gets caught in the time circuits. I just noticed this on this viewing that, like, Napoleon is so far away, he has to use, like, an eyepiece to see Bill and Ted. Yep. And then he says, blow them up. And then he gets blown up and flies into the phone booth. He must have flew, like, three miles into this phone booth. <laughs> it's totally unexplained. <laughs> I know. This is the first time I've ever noticed how bad that was. Like, well, <laughs> how stupid did it make any sense in a movie that makes no sense at at all? Like, yes. it's fine, but Th- there's plenty of stuff we could let. We we are probably going to pull apart. I mean, like, just in that sequence alone, yeah, Napoleon's flight from from the camp <laughs> to wherever they were. So then they go back 
to San Dimas and get the idea to collect more historical figures. They've got Napoleon. Right. They dump him with Ted's little brother, Deacon. Fuck Deacon, by the way. I just don't like Deacon. I'm sorry. Deacon sucks. I hate but Deacon. I'd steal his Easter basket, too. Of course you would. But uh, Deacon gets dumped with babysitting Napoleon. They give him some money, and then Bill and Ted leave. Uh, we find out Ted is going to go to Alaska no matter what now. So mm. the stakes go up even further, uh-huh. which is good. Because now we need an excellent adventure. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Dave. Dave just looked at me like, what the? <laughs> Let's talk about Deacon, I guess. Okay. He goes on like this double date with Napoleon with these like twin, like redhead girls. Yeah. I, They're like 13 years old. Yes. What the fuck is this? I don't know what this, what this like relationship is. I mean, like, like are, are these girls just his friends? I mean, are they an item? All the three of them? I don't know. Oh, Maybe. Uh, oh, are they a package deal? I mean, you know, how, how does that work? I have no clue. I don't know who these girls are. They don't have any lines. No, and they're not named they're, as far they as have I no know. Names. They might in the credits, but I don't know. Right. But uh, I feel like I've seen them before. Have, have they you? been in something else, or have I, I just I seen know. this movie so many times it's that I feel pro- like they're everywhere? It. Because like I've never seen them anywhere. Okay. Yeah, and I've never seen Deacon anywhere. They're very to be distinctive. Looking. They are. I mean, right. So yeah, I don't know. They go on the double date. They eat the ice cream. Yeah. Which. The, the two waiter guys? Yeah. Th- those are the writers of the movie. Oh, the yeah. Ziggy Piggy guys? <laughs> yes. Those are the writers. Yep, that's right. Which is funny. <laughs> Napoleon eats all the ice cream. They go bowling, and then they ditch him. <laughs> One of my favorite things is when he like falls down the bowling alley and keeps yelling, shit, yes. shit. But it's in French, you uh-huh. know, so. And the screen, just the subtitles is saying shit, shit, shit uh-huh. over and over. And and the, it, I, I think my, my problem with Deacon not only it's not just the ditching, it's the way the ditching goes down. Yeah, and it's also just um, the, the, his reaction to Napoleon's reaction to ice cream. Oh. I really hate that when he says it's ice cream, you eat it, and then Napoleon starts to you know like eat some of it, and he wants to like you know I guess Bogart most of it too. Yeah, because he's never had ice cream in his life. He's from the 1700s. Yeah, and that Deacon isn't understanding of this, and. <laughs> And I know that Napoleon tries to tries to game the the bowling card. I get it. I get that he's cheating at the at bowling. But I mean, my God, if it was me, if I was Deacon, I would accept this and understand the greater consequences of my actions. Deacon doesn't care, though. He's this is Napoleon he's Bonaparte. A, he doesn't care. Oh. He's a thirteen year old boy, and your uh, big brother just made you do something. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to be around Napoleon. I mean, he doesn't. Does he even know who Napoleon is? If I, well, I mean, I would think so. They 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 told him. Look, he they they said he's a very important French dude. Okay, I mean, I uh, I can understand where Deacon's reasoning is. Okay, and like he says later, he was a dick. He was a dick. Napoleon is a dick. Ask anyone who's read a history book. Of course, Napoleon (laughs) is a noted dick. We we know that. But of all the of all the sins he committed in life, cheating at bowling and eating too much ice cream is pretty low on the list. Cutting in line yes, at a water slide. Exactly. These are the the least of his infractions. Uh huh. Deacon doesn't bother me too much. Okay. But yeah, I understand. Like that's a shit move to do, Deacon. <laughs> Can't you just for one day take care of Napoleon, right. please? This happens a lot when when Scott and I watch a movie. There'll be some random nothing <laughs> character that I absolutely loathe. <laughs> You're always surprised at like my my chasm of feelings towards this person. <laughs> no, I I understand where this one's coming from. Okay, though, good. But yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> you could have done a better job, Deacon. Dude. Yes, exactly. All right. So the time travel continues. Uh huh. They go and get Billy the Kid in an awesome Western bar fight sequence. Uh huh. 
They that's where they order the beers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Stop me if you want to talk about any of these sequences. Yeah, go. Because there's a ton of them. Oh yeah. So then they go and get Socrates, who they call Socrates, <laughs> which I thought it. I thought that was his name for the longest time as a kid. Okay, yeah. I mean, I didn't know it was Socrates uh-huh. until I was older. Well, now, how did you, like, when they were saying both the name Socrates and Socrates in the movie, like, like how did you kind of reconcile those things? I just said Socrates because that's who he became in okay. the movie. That's uh-huh. what they called him, and everyone called him that. So okay. The, Billy the Kid called him Socrates. So, I mean. He did. I just call him Socrates. Right. <laughs> yeah, Billy was saying Socrates. You're right. Uh-huh. Shit. <laughs> and he's also throwing that Nerf football with him. <laughs> right. He's saying excellent. Uh-huh. I, I love that scene. They, they go to medieval England then, and Billy the Kid has to watch Socrates. They, they like, task him with babysitting. Yes. One of the most brilliant minds in history. Oh, which Lord. Which is hilarious. <laughs> yes, that's pretty great. <laughs> and they, uh, he, they come out of the booth, and they're like, where are we? And they say medieval England, and Billy the Kid goes, excellent. Mm. And... T- then Bill says, Billy, you're dealing with the oddity of time travel with the greatest of ease. Uh-huh. It's such a good line. Oh, of course. I love it. Yes. It's like, wow, what a well-constructed sentence for one. Yeah. Like, wow, Bill, you get, they actually speak quite, or well-spoken. Bill, Bill's very eloquent. Yeah. And, and, and it really comes down in, in the end of the, re- like, at the end when, yeah. when they do the report. Like, uh-huh. some of the stuff they come up with, I'm like, oh, wow, you guys really did do your studying. That you report know? is, we can talk about it now, I guess. How sure. do they know all this stuff? That's unexplained. <laughs> that um, just because they grabbed Joan yeah, of Arc right. from France doesn't mean that they know all about what she's done. It's possible that they <laughs> that they that they interviewed each person during the circuits of time when sure. they were doing the sliders sequences. You know, but I mean, this is where you get into the the whole time travel bullshit. Though uh-huh, it's like, yeah. all right, well then, how do these people know what they've accomplished and how it in- affected things? And right. I don't, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's a movie where a giant crystal turned into a phone booth, and it travels through time. <laughs> right. So yes. you kind of have to go with it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and now, but there is one very glaring continuity problem in the final report that I think we'll have to get to. Okay. Um, but we'll, we'll, once we get we, to the report, we'll, we'll talk okay, about okay. it. Okay, we'll get more into it then. Yeah. So this is where they meet the medieval babes. The babes, right. The And Ted from the future had already told the Ted from that we're following mm-hmm. to give the, his love to the princesses. Yes. So they go and they find the babes. They call them. <laughs> that's what they say in the movie. Folks. Right. All right. right. That's just saying. Uh-huh. And they go and deliver their message of love. And I, I love the line where she's like, well, from whom? And he goes, uh, from myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Cause it's true. Of course. It, but it's not him. It's a different him, which and, is great. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I love when, when he doesn't know what to say. She says, what is this message you speak of? Yeah. And Bill says, lyrics, dude, recite him some lyrics. Yeah. And like Ted comes up with um, <laughs> the worst lyrics I mean, ever. The, 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 the t- really terrible lyrics, <laughs> but they're kind of from the heart. Too, they are. They are. You yeah. know, and, and I guess that's what what works on them because mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of uh, are, are taken aback by this outpouring of love for, yeah. from, from this dude. And he he rhymes time with time. <laughs> Like, yes. he's not a really good songwriter. No. I can tell you that right no. now. <laughs> if this is Wild Stallion's lyrics, then then yeah, yeah, yeah. Zeppelin, they are not. <laughs> nope. Uh, but yeah, then uh, they the babes want them to save them from the royal ugly dudes. Yes, and they 
want to, but they, they get caught and they get put in the Iron Maiden. They're going to be put in the Iron Maiden. Yeah, which they think's awesome, uh-huh. by the way. They go, Iron Maiden. Yes. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then King Henry or whoever the hell it is <sighs> says, execute them, and then they say bogus. So, Which I'm, I, I'm not exactly sure why King Henry originally said put them in the Iron Maiden if they were going to be decapitated. Um, yeah. I don't know. Because, <laughs> I mean, an Iron Maiden execution is is certainly uh, more painful. Yeah, it would have been tougher for to get Socrates and Billy to get them out. Yeah. Uh, they, they couldn't have just, like, dressed as executioners and gone in there and, you know, sprung them. Right. It's just a metalhead joke. I guess, you know? yeah. They, I mean, they're they're shoehorning sense. Iron Maiden into the, into the script. I'll take a, an Iron Maiden joke at any time. I'm yeah, good. That's right. But uh, they escape because Billy the Kid and Socrates are the executioners somehow. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all bullshit this whole part's bullshit it I would mean, never happen no of I mean, course not just... like because because i mean i mean I, I think that billy the kid would have devised such a scheme in that situation he would have thought of something right like yeah he would have realized what was happening and then like but how could he have communicated this to a man who, who they don't speak each other's language i mean socrates only speaks greek and uh you know I, I, he couldn't have said okay now what we're gonna do is take those two dudes beat them up steal their clothes uh-huh grab their axes and then spr- you know get with bill it, it, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. <laughs> this movie defies logic. Yes. And then when they when they when they do like get away from the executioners, uh, they're going to a place like a clearing in the forest where they're gonna like try to go somewhere else out of medieval England. Yeah. yeah. And and as they're about to leave, uh, the one of the king's men is like uh, spinning this morning star around, mm-hmm. and with his final thrust, he gets the booth. Yeah. He like the, hits like the, the antenna. Yeah. He hits the. Right when it's going through time, he like goes right through it and right. kind of nicks it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it sends them on some weird trajectory. Yes. This is where they go to the future, and then that whole sequence happens. That's right. And then after that, they leave, and they wind up in Austria again, mm. <laughs> and they get Sigmund Freud, <laughs> as they so call him. Uh-huh. Do you think they picked these characters, these, these historical figures, because their names can be mispronounced so easily? Um, I, I think that's a happy accident, actually. Okay. Because, okay. I mean, like, almost any historical character would be mispronounced this way by Bill and Ted. Uh, Charlemagne, you know, yeah. it would have been whatever. You any know? French word, for right. sure. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I, yep. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And this is where they get their extra credit idea. They get Sigmund Freud. They go, they get Joan of Arc. And then Beethoven. Yeah. You've talked about it before when they pick up Joan of Arc, like how cool it is. That's like, a great. It, it looks like a Bergman film. Uh huh. It's know? good. Yeah. She I'm, goes up to pray at the altar and puts her sword down, and and then the phone booth lands. We don't <laughs> see it, but you just see her look up after the light flashes, and yes. like Ted and everyone's there, and Ted puts his hand out like he's like some archangel or something. Yes. And she grabs his hand and he takes her up. Like, it's wonderful. Into the heavens. It's, it's great. It's so cool. Like just, just for, for Ted to just extend his hand uh-huh. after she's like said this, this prayer where she's like, you know, imploring yep. the almighty to give her a sign. And then these dudes show up yeah. and extend a hand. Literally these dudes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's little Jane Weedland from the go-go is playing Joan of Arc. And, uh, Oh, that's who it is. Yes. And she's just so perfect for this, mm-hmm. you know, it's really good. Yeah. And then they, they, they lure Genghis Khan in with a Twinkie, which is funny and ridiculous. <laughs> he's not going to give up what he's got in that moment for a Twinkie, I wouldn't think. He's eating a turkey leg, yeah. and he has like three women he's about to oh, do t- terrible things to course, do. Of course, of course. Oh, man. 
But he's never seen a Twinkie before, man. Okay, but he also could could very. I mean, like like how are they going to overpower this man? How do they? Exactly. Uh, you know, he grabs his club. Uh, and he just goes in the booth, which has no room, by the way. And maybe no, that's it why doesn't. he can't attack because he's smashed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Again, uh, don't think about it too hard, folks. It just it's. It just happens. I, I guess Joan of Arc <laughs> might have helped with, with the kidnapping because, like, she's a military leader I guess and she so. could she could figure something out. But I mean, yeah, it, it, this 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 guy he, he he took over the world legitimately. <laughs> yeah, like on his own, which and did most of the fighting. <laughs> so then they get uh, who else do they get? They get uh, they get Abe Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and they get Beethoven. I think I might have said that, and I think that's everybody. Then right? Yeah. They they stop in prehistoric times 1 million bc yes <laughs> exactly and where is, there's cavemen for no reason I, I, my I, son asked me he asked me <laughs> okay is were cavemen alive back then and i said no and then i said well i don't think so <laughs> what do i know well okay, but now, i mean now, but uh, probably not th- this is this is one thing i do know you were right the first time they definitely yeah, didn't they, exist. They, they couldn't have been no, not in 1 million bc <laughs> yeah <laughs> And and so they they eat a bunch of gum and pudding cups. Yeah. And then they fix the antenna. Uh, and there's that whole sequence when they all spit their gum on the same bottle Ugh. of gum. We've talked about this before off the air. Does that gross you out to no end? It's I mean, disgusting. Yes. And and Ted is at the end here. Keanu Reeves is here at the end of the line with this ball of gum from an uncut shot of everyone placing their chewed gum on it from their mouths. He touches the ball of gum to his lips and spits his gum on top. This is a racquetball-sized wad of ABC gum. Yeah, and he, Keanu Reeves is great here because he does it and then kind of makes a face like, oh. Uh-huh. But then he's, <laughs> then he's over it. <laughs> he's like, okay, yes. and he kind of squishes it. Yes, he does. He, he squishes and it with he, his That hand. foley work is just, oh, and he, he hands it up to Bill. Who oh. also squishes it. Yeah, he squishes it and then sticks it all together. Oh. Take six, guys. Oh. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, wow, that, that is so revolting. Yeah. It's probably one of the most difficult scenes Keanu's ever had to do. <laughs> uh, and, but, no, yes. no uh, and, then, and then the phone booth works. Uh-huh. And one thing I noticed this time, too, I've noticed a couple things for the first time ever in this movie. I love when a movie does that to yeah. me. I keep seeing things over and over. I, I love that. I think that's a great sign of a great movie. You right. just find new things. But, like, w- the cavemen kind of show up. We haven't seen them yet. And uh-huh. they just kind of show up, and they're going, like, unga bunga and stuff. They're, they're ook ook, right? Ook ooks. Yes. And they see the phone booth leave. One of the cavemen is chewing gum. Oh, you didn't notice that before? No, I never knew oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. chewing gum. Yeah. They, they, I don't know if they gave it to him or if they just found is it. Is there a deleted scene, probably? <laughs> probably with so. With the cavemen? They, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what's up, cave dude? And and you hey, know, cave dudes. Hey, exactly. Yeah. Hey, one million BC, Sandy Brendan cave Fraser dude. is there. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's a real Encino Man. It thing. is. That could have truly yeah. right. Right. Encino Man was a couple years after this, right? It was. Yep. This oh. predates Encino Man. Right there, you go. <laughs> That's where the idea came from. I'm sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so now they wind up back at the Circle K. Yeah. And this is. Where the time circle has like completed itself, like because now they are the people from the future telling them from the past what they need to do. Yes, we us are here right now. Yeah, we us are you us telling uh-huh. we us what we need to do. Yes, whatever they say. Uh huh. It's a pretty good scene. Yeah. And writing scenes like this is probably kind of hard if, if you're to make it work through the, the whole movie. Yeah. Like because it it does come full circle and it's done well. 
I like that. Yeah. And we see the whole scene play out again. Well, you don't see the entire thing, but you see it play out from the other perspective now because mm-hmm. we're with this Bill and Ted. Right. And I, it's great to see like what they were talking about and how it plays into what we saw earlier. Yeah. You see the other side of things. And and with any time travel movie, which we've talked about on other on other episodes before, it's just like there's the suspension of disbelief and the yeah. th- there's going to be like gaps and holes all over the place if you really and you know start right. poking holes. Right. Um, in this case, like it, it's it's about as seamless as any other, you know. Yeah. As Terminator is pretty much. I yeah. mean, like it's it's got some stuff in it, but it's it's not something that is uh, right. you know, really revealing. When you think about it, it's you, you'll fit. You'll you'll be like, all right, does how does it work? Yeah. No. That's the part. That's the point, though. Like. We don't know how it works. No, so like you kind of make up whatever you want. Like in this, they they say like, well, why did we come back here instead of tomorrow? Well, because you didn't dial one number higher. Like the time, time in San Dimas keeps going. That like that doesn't make much sense. Okay, uh, I think we need to talk about just for a second the whole you got to dial one number higher. <laughs> that makes no sense. It doesn't. I mean, what? Okay, if I if they have a phone book in the booth that, that says where to go, like to meet like historical figures. What does he? What is he talking about? You have to dial one number higher. He never gives Bill this information at the beginning of the adventure, and it doesn't make sense at the end of the adventure. Why would I take a phone number that is concrete on the book and dial one number <laughs> higher? Because it's tomorrow. <laughs> that checks but out that, that's the logic that's the thinking of it though oh but it God. doesn't make any fucking no, sense it doesn't right it doesn't that, that would not help at all i mean oh and that's what we're, we that's what we're talking about like <laughs> it works if you don't think about it okay yeah that's i right. guess <laughs> but it's a funny joke i guess too Carlin gets the good lines. Like he got to dial one number higher, and he like yes. hits Bill in the head. Yes, and he like, gets the knock on the Alex sound effect. <laughs> There's a little bit of foley throughout this movie. There's of that a little kind bit of, of Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah sound effects. Going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 I like yeah, that. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. It fits with the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, why would San Dimas's time keep moving forward and not be affected by what you're doing? Why do you have a time limit on when you have to complete your report? To go back to when you do your report, it doesn't make sense to me. No, because because if you have a time machine, you can go back to any time you want. And and, and time <laughs> is is supposed to be like, I, I, well, okay. I've had infinite regression explained to me in any number of ways multiple uh-huh. times throughout my life. I still don't quite understand it. Yeah. Um, I've tried to explain <laughs> it to people and look like a you know just a total jackass, but. Uh, in this yeah. conversation, again, it's the same thing. I don't know how all these circuits work. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the clock in San Dimas always is running. I can't really say. Yeah, maybe it's the center of time or something. It's, it's mean, like it's 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 like the real GMT. Maybe is is San Dimas time it's a universal and, time. Yes, and we've just never known it until 1989. <laughs> I you know. Guess not. <laughs> Uh, or George Carlin figures it out in the 17th century, <laughs> something like that. Do you think he invented century. the phone booth? Uh, or yeah, 27th century, right. whatever. Yeah. Did uh, I say 17th yes. century? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> George Carlin in a powdered right, yeah. wig. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah. You know what? Back to the Future did it really well. Because uh-huh. Marty's like, I wish I had more time. I can't go back and save him. Then he realizes, wait a minute, I got a fucking time machine. Yeah, of course. I can go back to whenever I want. That's right. You can always be diddling back there. And I guess you can't copy Back to the Future if you're doing a, a, a time travel movie. That's true. You can't do no. that because everyone's going to say, dude, 
what are you doing? Yep. Can't do that. It's been done. You, you, you can't. And it's like, been done perfectly. Yes. Like, this is the gold standard. Yeah. And everyone knows it. You can't even, like, take one word from that script. Mm-mm. You know, it's, it's, it's sacrosanct. Yes, that's true. So they get back. They have to do their chores. Uh, <laughs> they go to the mall. Missy drives them to the mall. Missy just does whatever they want. Oh, yeah. She takes them to the mall. She takes them to break out of jail. He, she waits in the back of the jail to, to get all these escapees. Missy is being really helpful through this sequence. <laughs> yes. I mean, she's the wheel man for this whole mission. What I love is they go to the mall and they all kind of are left unattended by Bill and Ted and they're experiencing 1989 San Dimas mall uh-huh. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they all kind of gravitate towards what you think they would do, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Which... That's the point of the report, which is cool. Right. Because they, they have to say what they think of San Dimas now, as opposed to life in their time. Yeah, relate history to San Dimas. Yeah. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, they all get arrested because of all the shenanigans they do. And I love Genghis Khan in the sports authority. <laughs> yes. He fucking gets that bat. He goes Genghis Khan yeah. on a mannequin. Yeah, he does. Which is awesome. And uh, he's riding that skateboard and does a flip over the cop. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's ridiculously awesome. There's a li- I, I was I I wish there would have been a little more karate in there. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Al Leong is a martial arts expert. He's so good. Yeah. Oh. And you know what? In Die Hard, he's my favorite like faceless baddie. Yes. Because he eats that candy bar while he's waiting for the SWAT team to come in. <laughs> he like is he's got his gun. And he's behind that counter and yes. he sees the candy and then he grabs it. And... <laughs> it's so funny. I know. <laughs> That's a different movie though. Right. <laughs> But yeah, that would have been nice. A little more karate action. Right. And then, like, Billy is... Like, Billy and Socrates try to, like, hit on these these girls at Orange Julius. Oh, yeah, Julius. that's great. Yeah. And, like, they, they found these, like, perfect 80s ladies. Yes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just... Terms and whitewashed jeans. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they are. They are. These are some mall chicks with some mall hair. Yeah. Man, it's good. And, like, they, they just remind me of, like, my aunt's friends. Uh, who who I would have oh, had yeah. crushes on. My aunt you know? has pictures of herself that of look course, like this. Of course, of course. And and they're not having any of Billy and Socrates' advances. Uh-huh, and no. and they they are. They're just... kind of into it a little, but I think they're just playing around. Yeah, they're like kind of entertaining it, uh-huh. just because it's something weird and silly that's kind of happening. And then Sigmund Freud comes up and ruins it. He does. And they call him a geek. Uh-huh. And then Socrates and Billy make fun of Freud. And <laughs> yeah, I think Freud would have. Probably a a better time of it in that era. I think if he came really came into 1989, he probably would be a little more charming than he is in this movie. Um, yeah, he wouldn't walk up with a corn dog and say, "You can call me Siggy." <laughs> it probably wouldn't happen. <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. So they all get arrested now because right. they and uh, it's it's Ted's dad is a cop and he's he's holding them all at the sheriff's office. All the historical figures have been locked up, and um, th- this is this is uh, like. As far as gaps in in the logic of of time travel and everything, yeah, this is the the funniest part. Yeah, because they start talking about things like they're 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 trying to figure out how they can bust out their their friends, but they don't know how to do it. And Ted comes up with some great tri- time travel logic that yeah. doesn't make any sense when you really like you know closely examine it. But it's so cool. It's really good. Yeah, I love it because they just say, you know what? Why don't later when we have more time come back and place the items we need for now. And that's what happens. They'll, they'll just say, you know what? We need my dad's keys. We should steal them and put them behind that sign. And then they're there. The keys show up. They're and, like, yes. And Bill asks a perfectly good question. Well, when are we going to do it? And Ted says, we could do it after the report. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's 
so so they 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 and then when we get here now yeah. they'll be waiting for us see and he picks up the keys and he hold and, and bill's like hey yeah now uh, they they say well other now after the port we can't forget to do this otherwise it won't happen yeah but it did happen <laughs> hey it was me who stole my dad's keys it's great it's such a reach I, but it's great it's a reach but I think that it's such a well written oh, scene it is. this whole sequence is it so is. well done and then they're like all right well we need a, a tape recorder to distract oh, my man. dad and yeah. it, it's Ted yelling hey dad so he can like sneak past him it's uh-huh. really good set a timer on it yeah and then they're and then there's a fax machine, like a fax comes out. They sent themselves a fax that said duck. Yeah. <laughs> or it says wild stallions rule. And then PS duck because a cop's about to walk by. And the, the, the two stallion, like like the old four horsemen heads uh-huh. are yeah. on there with blowing smoke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they drew that on yeah, the fax. It's a dot matrix yes. wild stallion logo. <laughs> Dude, like and, sweet. how many times did they fail this mission? And exactly. Go, how, this is edge of tomorrow type it shit. It is. Dude. It is. It's pretty good. Right. I mean, like, like if if time just has an infinite number of lanes, like a freeway, you yeah, know, and they just keep screwing up and going back and fixing it, yeah. It, it, and this time they got it. There you go. And then they <laughs> they get them out of the jail. They they get the keys. Well, they already have the keys. Then they say, "Remember a trash can," because mm. Ted's dad comes in. It's like, "Stop it!" And then the trash can falls on him. And it says, "Wild stallions rule." Yes. Uh, and then they escape into Missy's convertible and go to. <laughs> To the report, and I, I I actually love Ted's dad in this scene in the in this sequence. Hal Landon Jr. That's is right, the actor. I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because like he deserves such good credit because like he he's he's such a menace mm-hmm. to 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 both the guys mm-hmm. and in and in this one in particular when he's like the, all the cops are exasperated at at the historical figures for like you know claiming they're who they are mm-hmm. and when he's interviewing Abe Lincoln. Lincoln, you know, he says, what's your birthday, Mr. Lincoln? And he says, you know, February 4th, 1809. 1809. <laughs> and he says, uh, I, he asks him what his name is, is, Abraham Lincoln. He starts spelling L-I-N-C-O-L-N. He goes, I know how to spell Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It gets me every time. I just looked him up. He was an eraser head. He played pencil machine operator. I will have to rewatch yeah. Eraserhead tonight. Wow, and he was in The Artist. He played Napoleon in The Artist. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. I did remember him from Mad Interesting. Men. Interesting. Um, he's in a couple episodes of Mad Men, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's a good mm-hmm. actor. He's great. He's great in the next... He's better in the next Oh, movie. yeah. We will get there, certainly. Yeah. Anyway, so now they go to the report, and we've been seeing these different reports throughout the whole thing. Um, they keep cutting back to the school. They keep cutting back, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, we see the end of Mutt's report where he just says, you know, it's computers. It's Ox. Oh, that's Ox, yes. not Mutt. Yes. Oh, Mutt. <laughs> Mutt. Mutt's from Dead Poets Society. Yes. To the mighty Mutt. <laughs> no, it's Ox. Yes. That's right. Buffy went first, and she's the girl who says, she says, Buffy's you know, great. Yeah, yeah. Buffy does a really solid report yeah. about Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. let them eat fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then comes Jody, the quarterback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's, you know, charming as hell, and he's got great hair, and uh, yeah. he's impressed with the world of San I Dimas. I think they would love San Dimas. I know I do. <laughs> and he gives that big chin smile. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the place erupts. With the granite jaw, yep. and, and everyone yep. is just clapping. Yep. Touchdown. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and Ox has... Ox, Ox is like a defensive line or yes, something. Yes, he might be the center. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm picturing him a center quarterback relationship between yeah, him and yeah. Jody. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> he gives his report, which is, uh, you know, oh, man, it's good. He says uh, he has no nothing planned. No, he is just speaking <laughs> off the cuff, and it's horrible. <laughs> Useless nonsense about, like, you know, yeah. the world's uh, bigger than before and yet smaller. <laughs> 
And, and then he goes, it's computers. <laughs> yes, yes, it's computers. I've used that line in life because when I don't know how something works, I say, it's computers. Because it, it's it, the best. Yes. And then he just goes, set Demon's High School Football Rules. And everybody's like, yes, a good roar, report. A roar erupts. That's a great report, yes. Ox. And that is an A paper. Way to go, Ox. But we see Bernie Casey in the back. Fingers steepled oh, at his brow. Oh, he's just like, I can't fucking believe exactly this. i have failed this child f yes does he get an f or a d i can't remember i can't remember that? what he gets he, like it's weird when you look at like bernie casey's notes sometimes it's hard to see what the actual grades are yeah yeah, yeah. The, the only one that we fully know is that like bill and ted are about to get an f before they make their appearance yeah yeah and then bernie casey says you know what we have we had one more report but uh they're not here so everybody can leave and yeah. then the lights shut off mm-hmm. and the laser light show happens that's right uh which Bill and Ted had plenty of time to plan this. Uh huh. I guess they did if they had a time machine. I guess yeah, they they could have done the block. However, Sandemus time rules all, so you can't. That's right. If you run out of Sandemus time, I don't, we've already I don't established. Fucking know the logic behind this. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and here we go with the report. Uh-huh. So all of the historical figures. They speak at the report or they, they, they do like demonstrations of their, mm-hmm. um, you know, historical achievements. And it's it's done in montage after the first part of it. Uh, yeah. Like Ted and Bill and Ted introduce um, everybody and they're just showing um, like like various clips of like Joan of Arc sword fighting with Bill. Um, mm-hmm. Napoleon is like playing risk with the guys yeah. and he's, he has this diagram going. He's talking about instituting a water slide, you know, cause, oh, cause yeah. they, they kidnapped him at Waterloo. They go get Napoleon at Waterloo. Yeah. Okay. He's the last one they have to collect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Genghis Khan is, is, is doing some, some other stuff. He's doing like a uh, Kempo dancing, uh-huh. you know, with, with a, with a stick they got from Ashman. Yeah. A little bit of fighting. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Freud. Ashman's. <laughs> <laughs> Freud is is like analyzing Ted. Uh huh. That's a good scene. And it's really good. That's really funny. Um, Thus, the aggression transference to Ted. It's like, a it's brilliant so analysis yeah. of Ted's dad. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's it's and Ted's dad is sitting in the back just watching it. He can't really believe it. And and then he asks if Bill wants to get analyzed, and he says, "No, I just got a minor Oedipal complex." It's not minor at all, by the <laughs> no. way. It's, it's, and it's not even an Oedipal complex. That's how I learned what an Oedipal complex was. So did I, I didn't know who Oedipus was. No, nobody. But Bill did. and Ted's taught me that. This is a great movie. Yes, yes. Learn all about history. <laughs> yeah, and it and it ends with uh, with Lincoln giving a uh, a version of the Gettysburg Address that yeah. is like a, that's supposed to be two Sandemus. Yeah, it's the four score and seven minutes ago speech, uh-huh. which would still be eighty years ago yes. and seven minutes. Ago. It, it, it makes no <laughs> sense. The, the, he, the, you have to put four score and something ago. It's because nobody knows what four score means. No, I guess no. So, okay. <laughs> Jeez. But anyway. Uh, he says, be excellent to each other and party on dudes. And party on dudes. And then that's the end of the report. The guitar starts rocking and uh-huh. Yeah. I love the music during the report. It's really good. Uh, yeah. Did Steve Vai do this movie too? Or did he just do the sequel? I think he just did the sequel. He okay. wasn't credited in the first one. Okay. All right. It's still good. It is mm-hmm. a, a big crowd pop for, for, for Lincoln's last thing. And then, you know, they say, thank you. San Dimas. Hi, they all get in the booth and they disappear in the booth. Mm-hmm. And the, the crowd doesn't know what to do because like, Number one, they've just seen someone materialize and then, you know, disappear <laughs> right before their eyes. They don't they, they think this is all part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess they take everybody back and uh, they start it. planning their future. Yeah, because uh, Bernie Casey, we've learned that he kind of is a no bullshit kind of guy. Yeah, he'll let you slide kind of. But he's not like if you don't put up, you got to shut up. Yep. 
And the report is a big, huge production. It's flashy as shit. Uh-huh. That's something Bill and Ted probably could pull off. Sure. But they actually present all this information and relate it to San Dimas 1989. They actually do the report. They ace the thing. They ace the report. Yes. I love that. And I like what we talked earlier about how they, they, they come off so eloquent at sometimes uh-huh. in this report. I mean, when they're first introducing Socrates and you, yeah. you know, you hear Keanu Reeves saying he was the teacher of Plato who was in turn, the teacher of Aristotle. Yeah. And I, I, Ted I, Theodore Logan. Yes. Jeez. He's really imparting some information <laughs> here and they're, and they're showing the crowd while he's saying this stuff and they're just wrapped with attention. Like, you know, Oh yeah. Every, that, they keep cutting to the crowd and they're either just, just totally engaged yes. or like dancing to the music oh, that sure. Beethoven's playing yes. or whatever. Yes. The one dude is like, they, they've given everybody pudding, I guess. Yeah. They're all eating the pudding, I guess. Like, I, which, one guy's got a spoon and he's like orchestrating. Oh, yeah. He's conducting yeah. while, 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 while <laughs> you know, Beethoven does his thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's good. It is. It's really good. And Bernie Casey, like we said, gives that smile and kind of like, you got me. Yep. You, you did it. Right. I don't know how. Right. But you did it. <laughs> they pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, we get the little epilogue There's here. a coda. A yeah. coda. And, uh, they're in their garage, just like how the movie opened with their, you know, handy cam pretending like the rock stars. Yeah. And then they sit down and say, you know what? Like, nothing feels different, even though we did all this. Uh, maybe it's time we actually learn how to play, you know? They yes. actually are, like, kind of accepting that they're not doing anything here. They right. need to do something. They they don't even know any chords. They're, 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 right. they're just making noise. Uh-huh. Um, and, and when Rufus uh, comes down with the booth and to the, the garage, and he's got the babes with him, <laughs> they're dressed in, like, America clothes. Yep. And, uh, you know, they say he introduced us to something called the mall uh-huh. and credit cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and they are just going to now live in this timeline. Yep. Uh, I don't get it, but whatever, you know, I saved them just before they had to marry those royal ugly dudes, which is a great thing that Rufus did. Yeah. I don't I don't want the babes to have to marry royal ugly dudes. But but at the same yeah, nobody time, does. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is not their world. And. They All make, kinds of problems. They make some ensue. good jokes about that in the next movie, actually. They, they do, actually, yes. Uh, so Rufus jams with them, and he's like a rock star. And then Bill and Ted start to play, and they're terrible. And the, the <laughs> last line of the movie is Rufus. George Carlin looks at the camera and says, they do get better. They do. Yes, he, he does say yeah, that. Yeah. And and when he, he gives them, like, new guitars. Oh, and yeah. They're these, like, I mean, these tiny flying Vs that he gives yeah. them. Yeah. They don't even have, like... Like a head on the neck. No, no. It's just like tightened back. They're electronic, you know? right? Yeah. And and they look like toys in in the they hands do look of these like guys. A children's toy. <laughs> I mean, like Keanu Reeves is kind of big, and he's just like yeah, he's a tall guy. Exactly. And and this 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 little guitar, <laughs> it doesn't look right. It's like a Marty McFly guitar. It is. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like okay, so another time travel issue. Like they take all these people from history, they experience the future. Uh huh. You know, they're they're drinking orange Julius, like you said. Yeah. And like <laughs> how does this affect history? It affects it greatly. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you and I probably aren't even born. Is this how uh Joan of Arc believes she was called upon? Um, I will have to so, rewatch so that the time, passion. So that timeline is actually true? Like that this <laughs> <laughs> yes, because she, she when when they bring her back, she's gonna be executed in like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, like like we we know she she went down at age nineteen. 
Um, it's uh, bringing her back was not the right thing to do. She should be there with the babes. Yeah, that's true. You know, hanging around and, and like like ruling Sandinas. That's how the go go's start. <laughs> They take her back to 82. They introduce her to Belinda Carlisle. And suddenly we have the Go-Go's. Hey, that's good with me. And that's a great timeline. That's a good timeline. (laughs) All right. So anything else, Dave? Um, Just a few uh, minor things um, here and there. I mean, like, okay, so uh, San Dimas, we we mentioned already how we we haven't seen that mentioned in any other TV show or movie. Um, This movie was actually shot in Phoenix. Yes. In the greater Phoenix area. Mm Mm-hmm. And it always really pissed me off when I was a kid that they didn't just set it in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, because there, you grew up in Phoenix. I did. Yes. Yeah. There were there were Phoenix landmarks all over the place. Bill's room even has like Arizona centric stuff on the walls. Like, really. One one of the one of the banners has something like "Stop Babbitt Now." Bruce Babbitt was uh, a politician in Arizona at the time. Really. And like one of the, something about like the Palo Verde Water Project. Palo Verde was the name of my junior high. <laughs> You know, um, and <laughs> really, yeah, okay. uh, the, the, the all of San Dimas High School that was Coronado High School. Metro Center is the the mall that was like a, literally a mile from my house. Is that still there? Yes, Metro Center's still up and running. I'm going to Phoenix next month. Oh, so I want to try to hit up that mall. Okay, dude. Um, 31st Avenue and Dunlap. All right. Yep. Yes. Yep. There it is. <laughs> And uh, Waterloo is actually Golfland Sunsplash, which is on the complete other side of town. And they would they would never have been able to make the report going from baseline and rural to uh, <laughs> to what we're told is oh San Diego High School. You know, that's <laughs> there you go. Yes, inside logic gaps, but nice. you know, other than okay. that. I, I never noticed any of this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Which makes sense because I didn't. Right, I've never been to Phoenix. Right, right. All right. Um, so would you recommend the movie, Dave? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would recommend the film. Um, this is a, a classic movie of just 80s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Bill and Ted's Lesson mm-hmm. Adventure. It's an essential. How many stars? Uh, three stars. Three stars. Yeah. Okay. I love this movie. I'm giving it four stars. All right. I think it's endless fun. Yeah. Uh, and I can watch it a, a hundred more times. You know? Of course you so, could. And if I had a phone booth, I'd go back and watch it more. So. <laughs> That about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And please do go in there. Leave a review. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love it when you do that. It's nice. Uh, very fun. Yes. So, it leave, helps us out. Yes, it helps us out a lot. So, uh, Or go to dudesonmovies.com and you find anything you need right there. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Mm-hmm. And... We also have a phone number now, 304-804-DUDE. Mm-hmm. Give us a call and leave your answer to the question of the week. Yes, and the question of the week this week is, what is your favorite time travel movie? This is another softball, everybody. Yeah, super easy. Uh, lots of time travel movies and yes. lots of good ones. So, lots of different genres, even. Yeah, you so know, social media, hit us up there. Email, dudesandmovies at gmail.com, or the phone number, 304-804-DUDE. Yep. And stay tuned next week. We're going to do the sequel, folks. We're doing 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, directed by Peter Hewitt, starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Yes, so, our mini Alex Winter unit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do Lost Boys next. Right. <laughs> All right. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>